Yeah. Also, your chair is super squeaky. Oh, stupid chair. <laughs> oh, well. It's all good. Sorry, sorry, people, for the squeaks. Welcome back to the Christian Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. So lately we've been doing a lot of online stuff for the parish, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, like live streams, videos, stuff like that. And I keep catching myself every single time I want to do that same welcome back to the Christian Culture or welcome to the adventure intro. But then I catch myself realizing it's for the parish and not for the podcast. And I have to <laughs> I have to stop. So my coworkers have made fun of me a little bit for that. But I have literally caught myself in the middle of saying it. Was it weird the first time doing stuff like that? Like, have you actually recorded like a video of you for anything online or is it just like all live stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've done both. So we've we've done videos, which we post on like our social media and stuff like that. And then my coworkers have pointed out that I switched to my show voice. Apparently, I didn't realize that I have a show voice. I think I talk the same, but apparently I have like a, a way of talking that they have called me out on. But up until this point, most of the videos I've done have been for the podcast. Like I've done other stuff here and there, but so I, I kind of just click into that mode, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can understand what they're saying as far as a show voice. It's the same voice, but there's just like a, I guess, a level of properness to it. And <laughs> sometimes when you're hanging out with you, you're like a little more relaxed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But it's nothing bad. A little weirder, goofier, stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of relaxing, what have you been taking in? Uh, I mean, all the same stuff that I've mentioned in the last two. So I'm not going to mention that again. Go back and check those out. But did watch one new movie that I've been wanting to watch called The Farewell. And that's actually what we're talking about today. But before we dive into that, what about you? Wow really is just the same stuff as last week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like literally every other show I've named, I'm still one watching those, <laughs> but also that movie. Gotcha. Yeah, most of my stuff, I guess, is is mostly uh, repeats of last week, too. So I, I have been playing a lot of video games, to be honest. So I told you last week about the game Seven Days to Die, which was is an awesome game. So I've been playing that. I've basically beaten Pokemon Sword, so I started playing Pokemon Shield now, too. So kind of throw that on the list. I finished Eldest, which is the book I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, and instead started re- reading The Household Tales of Brothers Grimm. So if you're familiar with the yeah. like fantasy like short stories of, of the Brothers Grimm, I found like a digital copy of... It has to be like every book they've ever written. There's 200 books or short stories in in this book. And it's like a thousand some pages of just their short stories, which I've never actually read any of their original stories before. I've only seen like the ones that have been adapted by Disney, I guess. So it's really cool to see the originals. And there's so much like Christian stuff built into these stories. Like the one I read last night is literally called The Virgin Mary and Her Child or and, and the Child. And it's nice. yeah. And it's all about like this girl that goes to heaven and stuff like that. So really cool. And then I've been jumping back on Twitch. 
to check out uh, John Bearded Blevins, who actually just shaved his beard yesterday, which kind of threw me off a little bit. So now he's uh, beardless Blevins, but still, still John. So that's good. If you guys don't know what Twitch is, check out the show that we did with him or the one that we did with Miss Ruby back in December. We can put both those in the links to both awesome episodes with awesome people. And then to mix things up a little bit this week, I was listening to Daddy Yankee. Do you know who that is? No, I don't know if I do. I'm okay. I do. It's like the Hispanic pop music. You know the song like Gasolina? Yeah. Yeah, it, that's him. So stuff like that. I've just been listening to a lot of that kind of stuff while I'm doing like dishes and stuff. So there's that. And then I am all caught up on the show Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 7, which has been amazing. And the last thing, which everyone seems to be watching, my favorite show, Community, I've like jumped through the first couple seasons. That's all nice. I got. I actually totally forgot I have been taking in something else. It's just not a normal media that I take in. It's an app. I found like three different apps that are all like the same concept that I really enjoy. And uh, it's basically one's called like innocent and then one's called like sentence. It's almost as if you're texting people. Like it looks like you're in a texting app, but it's made up and there's in each one, there's like a missing person situation and like you're involved somehow, whether like you've been roped in or you're the, you're a suspect or something like that. And you're just trying to figure out, like the full story so it's kind of like you're living the story through texting people and then there's like puzzles like kind of like bejeweled type puzzles that you have to pass in order to continue the story on so can you text like anything you want to it and it'll respond no it gives you like two or three different choices okay as responses but your responses do increase or disbenefit the relationships you have with certain people and so you can better relationships or worsen them and sometimes uh, a one response will better a relationship for one person and worsen a relationship for another. So you almost have to like choose sides as, as you go. Interesting. It's interesting. I mean, like I said, it's kind of like murder mystery stuff. So I haven't finished the story, so I can't say if the content, like how if it's appropriate or good or not. But yeah. it's been fun. Wow, that's really interesting. I wonder if that's something you could adapt into a playable like party game or something. I don't know. I mean, pro- probably in a, in a certain way, but I think it's because I did that that uh, uh, escape room type game with Lizzie that I've kind of been more in the in the realm of like wanting to do more like escape room slash murder mystery type stuff lately. I don't know sure. why. So I I seeked it out and I found some really cool apps. Nice. That is awesome. So the farewell you said it's called. The farewell. Yeah. So we'll just jump right in. Because I prepped this and there's kind of a lot I have down. But The Farewell came out last year, 2019. It is, I don't know how to say, I'm pretty sure the director, the director is Chinese, but I'm pretty sure, I don't know if like it was an American movie with like Chinese culture in subtitles or if it was a Chinese movie and then it was just like big in America too, like during the film festivals or what. But basically the person that created the movie wrote and directed it made it for her grandma and for her aunt. And it's based on like a, something that happened to her. And I don't know if she was the mother in the story or the main character who was his daughter. And it'll make sense in a second. So it's called the farewell. It was created for her aunt and her grandma. And when it starts, 
you know, most movies say like based on a true story or based on real events. This says this one says based on a true lie. And that's really much the premise of the movie. Like the theme is like lying and death. So we have multiple characters. The main ones are the grandma. Nai Nai is how, what, what they refer to her as. Billy, who is the main character. She's like a daughter that's like our age, maybe a little older, living in America, trying to live on her own, trying to get like scholarships and become a writer and being denied. We have Billy's family, you know, her, her mom and her dad. We have Billy's uncle's family, her dad's brother. Um, they are from China that moved to Japan. And then Billy's family are from China. And when she was like six, they moved to America. And then we have Auntie, which is basically Nai Nai's sister. So her like great aunt. And they call her little Nai Nai because she's the younger sister of the grandma. Okay. And the premise. That, hold on. That, that's a lot. So let me make sure I'm, I'm following. So yeah. Nai Nai is the grandma. She's Chinese. Yeah, that's Bill- her dad's mom. Okay. Billy, you said, is our age, so mid-20s, and she's Chinese-American, and so her family moved from China to the U.S. Correct. Right? Okay. And then her uncle on her dad's side, his family is Chinese but moved to Japan, and then there's another Nainai called Little Nainai, who's the grandma's youngest daughter. Sister. Youngest sister. Yeah, they're sisters, so they're the same family. Little Nainai and Nainai are, are the sisters. Oh. And then the grandma had had two sons, which is her dad, Billy's dad, and Billy's uncle, and all these families comes back comes back together. So one family went to America, and one family went to the states. And then she also had a daughter that still is in China. So it's it's a great aunt, not an actual aunt. Yeah, but okay. she's referred to as auntie in the movie because a lot of the brothers and sisters are there her dads and mom and those families are there so sure. the kids refer to her as little nai nai and the p- parents call her auntie okay great and Got the it. premise is basically the grandma has stage four terminal lung cancer and she's given like six months to live but in chinese culture when someone is receives cancer the family doesn't tell that person they're dying and so the family <laughs> Basically, on the Japanese Chinese family, so her uncle's family, there was a boy who was in, dating this girl, sort of engaged to be married. They never really delved into that, but they sped up the process of their marriage by like a year to happen, like right now, so that everyone could go to China in order to visit their grandma one last time. Mm. Everyone's That's a really long engagement. <laughs> no, no, no. Like they pretty much within a matter of like a week to two weeks put on a wedding just so everyone could go to China, be there in China for two weeks to have a wedding, to have a reason to be in China just so they could spend time with their grandma because they couldn't tell their grandma she was dying because it's not proper. And they couldn't just show up in China for no reason. For sure. Okay, got it. And so everyone's there to experience this wedding, but really everyone's there to see the grandma one last time. Yeah, and everyone knows except the grandma. Okay, that's pretty messed up, but let's uh, let's go for it. So in the beginning, you, you we meet Billy. Like I said, we learn that she's struggling kind of financially. She's trying to get into different schools or different like writing institutions, and she's she got denied. 
and she's really close to her nai or grandma and she's they're calling they call on the phone all the time and we just see in their conversations they 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 kind of just lie to each other so like you know she's asking billy about her finances and billy's telling her everything's fine because she doesn't want to worry and then billy keeps hearing like sounds in the background and it's because her grandma's at like the doctor and she's hearing like beeping conversation and her grandma's like oh i'm just at um your uncle's or something it's it's just must must be the cooking and they're both like lying to each other and then soon it becomes this big lie when billy learns from her parents that her grandma's dying and in the beginning her auntie is the one that took her to the doctor and she comes back because the doctor speaks to her and not the grandma and she's like what would the doctor say she's like oh they just said it was benign shadows and you don't need to worry about it she's like what's benign shadows it she's like that just means like it's no big deal and then her parents tell billy and billy's like like what what are we going to do and she's like we got to tell her and she and her mom says no there's this chinese saying when people get cancer they die and it's not the cancer that kills them it's the fear hmm. and then they end up like so they all just go and everyone's there and there's it's the first scenes like really tense people are just eating food and like trying not to cry and then there's this conversation where they're at a spa some of the families that went to a spa and it's it's Billy and her her aunt, so not the great aunt, but a different aunt. Okay. <laughs> she says, Auntie, do you think we should tell Nai Nai? And she was like, what for? She's like, well, what if she has things she wants to take care of? And she's like, she doesn't have anything like that. She's like, well, what if she wants to say goodbye? Say goodbye? That's too painful. Why would you want her to go through that? She seems totally normal right now. And if you tell her, you will ruin her good mood, right? And so, like I said, the theme of this whole podcast is really like lying and saying goodbye and death, really. So my first question, which will come up again later, is like, are white lies okay? Is there ever kind of like a time when it is okay to keep, like it's kind of appropriate to keep something from someone? And and when, and like, and then should death be talked about? Like, should people know that they are dying and why or why not? Mm. Is this a question for me? Well, it's kind of just like a general question. Okay. But also a question for you. Because I'll go ahead and start by saying, normally I would say, for me, with people, relationships, even like dating, and Lizzie knows this, my biggest thing is uh, trust. It really grinds my gears and gets under my skin when I meet someone who needs me to prove to them that they have to trust, that they can trust me rather than trusting me from the beginning and then showing me like screwing that up. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like lies. I think lying in any capacity is like not good. Plus that's what I also believe our faith would say, but there's a conversation that happens later that really kind of brings up an interesting point about why they're doing what they're doing. And then I'm just because I had like a death dinner with our young adult group I just love the idea of talking about deaths and taboo things in general. Yeah. So that's me. But what do you think or in what way could you spin this in the Christ and culture way? Yeah, this is something that I've kind of uh, wrestled with a little bit and not come to a complete decision on because I know a lot of our listeners also listen to uh, Matt Frad and Pinch of the Aquinas. And he's talked a lot on there about Thomistic opinions on lies and how there are no exceptions for white lies and that Thomistic theology lying is always bad, no matter, matter the context. 
But at the same time, I think there is the principle of the right to information. So like, does someone have the right to certain information? The a common example is used is like, a Nazi is knocking on your door, you're hiding Jews, do you have to tell the truth? Do, do they have the right to that information? Because if you tell the truth, they're going to kill someone. So this theology, based off of what Matt Fratt was saying is uh, Thomas Aquinas' teaching, is that you should, you would have to morally tell the truth in that situation or you would be sitting, right? But I think there is some, some leeway there with the intention because all morality, you have to take in the intent. So it's something that I'm kind of not fully decided on. I think that, I do think there is something to the uh, the intention and the right to information. So does this person even have a right to the information that I'm sharing? In which case, do you just refuse? But if you just blatantly refuse in the context of the the Nazi at the door situation, if you just don't answer, that's basically an answer. And saying yes but you're refusing to say so does that make sense no that makes perfect sense okay and i would agree with that too i remember actually listening that was a that was on an early pints of the Aquinas episode i remember hearing that and i would agree but then to be a devil's advocate something that i kind of sometimes do and agree with is sometimes keeping information for the betterment of someone else's like sanity or happiness or like i don't think now's the right time they like they're too upset they can't handle knowing this is that appropriate to sometimes lie for the betterment like in this case her aunt is telling her it's for her grandma's happiness like she's happy she's normal let's keep it that way mm. yeah I, I don't know about this situation and maybe it's a, a cultural thing i don't know it, it just feels really weird to me to not let someone know that they're they're dying so that kind of doesn't sit right with me, but I, I can see where you're going with like different situations. I feel like, especially for the betterment of someone's health, so like mental health, let's say we have someone who's mentally un unstable and we know that if we tell them something, it'll be like a trigger for them, right? right? So, so in that context, I would say maybe a white lie isn't that that bad. And again, this is this is clint theology this is <laughs> yeah this is, right. isn't like official is our, teachings of the church this is our opinions this is why we have the disclaimer that uh, the podcast teaching is not uh, necessarily the the official teachings of the church but we do try yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I would say like in those situations i would think that we'd have some leeway right we'd have some gray space but i don't know when it comes down to the betterment of someone's happiness how how do we know what's going to make someone happy like we we don't Exactly. We have no control over that. We we have no foresight into that. And so I think in that context, happiness in itself, I don't think is a good criteria for the morality of, of lying. And then in regards to the death, I, I do think that's something that we don't talk about enough. It is kind of uncomfortable. And I know even myself, like I hate hospitals. Like I despise hospitals. Even when I have like a friend who's sick or anything and they're in the hospital, I like I want to visit them. But at the same time, I'm just like so awkward about it. And it's it's the same thing whether they're sick or if there's someone who's like actually dying. So I think part of my problem is that I just don't know how to address that kind of thing. You know this about me. Like I'm not someone who's super great at starting conversations unless it's like for ministry and I have to, you know, in which case I force myself to. But as an introvert, like a lot of the times I wait for others to make the move 
when like starting friendships and stuff like that. So I'm not typically the one that starts that kind of thing. Once once we're good, then like I'll open up. But when it comes to things about that, like it, it's really hard for for me to feel comfortable or confident in having those conversations. And so I think that's part of the reason why we don't talk about it. But I do think it is good and necessary. Yeah. And then as we kind of progress, like it's really hard and interesting just to see the family together and the grandma, like just, she's like always saying the whole time, like, guys, let's not forget why we're here. We're here for the wedding, blah, 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 blah. And we learn that like another thing in Chinese culture is like appearances are huge. And so the other thing that's real huge in this movie is like identity. And um, the grandma keeps talking about the wedding and keeps reminding the family like they can't like be cheap with the reception because they don't want people to think that they're like poor. And that even though the wedding's happening now, you know, we have to make sure we talk about talk, like say that they've been dating for a year and not three months because we don't want people to think that they're getting married because she's pregnant, even though she's not. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this irony of a theme of keeping up with appearances, even when it like is seemingly impossible. And that's just like, that's just what the grandma's talking about in general. But there, that's like also what's happening around her with like people having to keep up with this idea that everything's fine when it's not. And she has to keep up with this idea that she's healthy, even when she's dying. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of irony in that. They're all pretending. They're all keeping up that appearance of this entirely fake situation, which she doesn't even seem to know about, but is still like encouraging and participating in that. Right, which we've talked about this before, but the idea that like even when everyone's pretending or even when all these things, like truth remains the same. And that's... Mm -hmm that's how truth works. And so like, it, it's still true that she's dying, even if they don't tell her or even if she think like, cause there's other scenes where she's like working out and like exercising and telling her dot, like telling Billy, like, you know, I have to walk up these stairs every day on my own, even though it hurts my knees because that's why I'm so healthy. Mm. Yeah. And then the first conversation that happened that I was like, you know what? I was just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to make this a podcast was, uh, they were eating out for the first time and this and they eat so much man me and lizzie were like watching and we're like i just want to go to china because they have they have just have buffets for dinner breakfast and lunch but they're eating out and then this conversation came up so we have like three opposing situations we have chinese americans we have japanese chinese and then we have people that stayed in china and so another big theme is like what is better and so they ask one of the families asks billy like would you ever move back to china because in america and then they're like wait before you answer like in america how long would it take you to make a million dollars and she's like uh, a long time and they're like really in china it's very easy and billy's like well life is not all about money money can't buy everything like but money isn't doesn't get in the way like you can still enjoy the things money can't buy and then billy's mom chimes in which is like if you make money so easily here, why are you sending Bao, which is their son, to America for college? And she's like, for more opportunity. And the mom's like, what kind of opportunity? And then they're like, maybe after going to America, Bao won't care. Oh, the mom continues, actually. Maybe after going to America, Bao won't care about money. Just like Billy, she'd rather do what she loves. And then the mom explains, like, the first time they went to America, Billy, like, what kind of like loved playing piano as a prodigy, but when they moved, they didn't have a piano. And then someone invited them to a church. 
and they went to the church and there was a piano in the back of the church and Billy saw it and she was like six and ran up and started playing with it. And the mom and dad was like, stop, stop. Like you can't touch the, the piano. And the pastor came up and asked and they explained everything. And the pastor was like, hold on one second. And went back and grabbed the keys and gave it to him and said, these are the keys of the church. Whenever Billy wants to come play the piano, she can come in and play whenever she wants. Hmm. And the mom ends the story by saying, that's America. And all the, all the other like people were like, so like, they're like, they were like, they gave you the keys to the church. Um, and she's like, yeah, that's America. And then Billy chimes in. She's like, mom, that church is not a rep- representation of all of America. We have a lot of problems too. And then your mom's like, well, you think China's so great. Why don't you just move here? And then someone else chimes in and was like, China has its benefits. We're not totally useless. And then Nai Nai chimes in and is finally like, enough. No matter what, you can't criticize China. Don't forget, you're still Chinese. And then the dad says, technically, we're American. I mean, we have American passports. And then his brother chimes in, who's, who has a passport in J- Japan, and he says, I'll always be Chinese. No matter where I live, or what passport I hold. And then someone else says, you guys think the moon is rounder outside of China? But think of your mother growing old without her children around. And then the mom says again, but you're still sending Bao to college. And he's like, she's like, but he won't stay there. He'll be back. It's like, you can't guarantee that. But even with the risk that he won't return, you'll still send him away, right? And then everyone just like awkwardly eats their food. And it was just this, it was a really long conversation, but it was just so interesting because it reminded me a lot of like last week's episode of Tiger King. Because they're throwing around this like pride in in like where they live, but also like their identity is in money or making a lot of money or being Chinese or being American or that one place is better than the other or it just all these weird things and they're and they're also like finding flaws in the other family and saying like they don't understand or that's worse off or like. America's so great. They let us, you know, have this thing. And it's just like finding foundation and rooting in the wrong thing, if that makes sense. So that was one thing I got. And then the other thing I got was just like that last quote of like, there are some things that we do. And I think some things that we don't do that we should where we face a risk, but we still do it anyways. And so she's saying like, you might not come back and you might be like us, which you don't seem to like us as Chinese Americans, but because of the opportunity, you're still going to face that risk. And I think that's in some way how we should live our faith, where like when that when there's more of a risk, but great opportunity and growing in our faith, we should take it, especially like in vocation and stuff. But we don't because it's scary. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything on that or you want to add. Yeah, I actually had a different thought, I guess, mostly tied off of your first point there with the identity and stuff like that. I think the grandma, my mind, had something good when she was talking about how, what did she say, don't forget you're still Chinese, like no matter where you live or whatever. Right. So with, with that part, it, it got me thinking about how uh, when we are baptized as Christians and as Catholics, we are adopted into the family of God. And we've talked about this before, about what it means to be adopted in the context of, of spirituality, uh, especially because the context of where they were talking about adoption was in mostly a Greco-Roman world, right? And both of those cultures 
for adoption, it was permanent. So when you were adopted into a family, you were part of that family forever, for all eternity. Like it doesn't change. You can't ever get rid of that person. And so in the same way, it gets me thinking about how you talked about how their identity was in materialism and this education and money and stuff like that. And they were like distracted by all these other things. But the grandma's just trying to remind them, no matter what, no matter how far you get distracted by those things, you're still Chinese. This is still who you are. Yeah. So that, that makes me think about like within the church, all these people who say, oh, yeah, I used to be Catholic or, yeah, I, I was Christian once and stuff like that. Like, no, if you are Christian, if you're Catholic, you are a Christian Catholic forever. That that cannot change. You have what's called an indelible mark on your soul. Your soul literally changes and it can never be changed back. You are permanently adopted into that family. And so in the same way, she's trying to remind them, no matter where you go, no matter what your passport says, no matter what you do, you're still a part of this family. You are still Chinese. And I think in the same way, that's something that we need to be uh, reminded of is what is our true family? Where are, yeah. where are we truly rooted? No matter where we go in the world. I mean, I, I love to travel too, but no matter where I go, as much as sometimes I tend to deny it, I'm still American. You know, I'm still from the Midwest. I'm still a small town nerd. You know, like that's that's where I'm rooted. So just because I live in uh, Texas does not officially make me a Texan. Yeah. And I think that uh, you explaining it that way makes what she says within that also powerful. She says, no matter what, you can't criticize China. Don't forget you're still Chinese. And so in the context of like the baptism and being you know, being a part of this mystical body. It's like, whether you've like walked away or choose to still believe or not, you can't criticize it because you You're still are. you criticizing yourself. Right. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, this next part goes deeper into like the, the, the custom of lying. And so Nainai ends up going back to the doctor because she's getting worse and she's developing a cough. And she thinks the medicine they gave her last time like was bad and is not, isn't working. So she just wanted to go change a prescription. But she's told by the doctors that it's a slight case of pneumonia. And then we learn that the doctor studied in America, so he speaks English. So Billy decides to confront the doctor because he's, he's a young doctor in English cause, so the grandma doesn't understand. And she's like, how bad is she? And you can tell me the truth. And he says the cancer is quite advanced. And she's like, shouldn't we tell her? And he's like, in her situation, most families in China choose not to tell her. When my grandmother had cancer, my family didn't tell her. She's like, isn't it wrong to lie? It's like, I mean, if it's for good, it's not really a lie. She's like, I mean, it's still a lie. He's like, well, then it's a good lie. And she's like, well, how's your grandmother? It's like she passed away a few months after she was diagnosed. And then he continues on telling her, like, it's not a big deal and all these things. And it's just this whole movie, Billy is struggling continuously with like, what is the right thing to do? And she wants to tell her and all these things. And then they're in the waiting room while the grandma's getting an x-ray and uh, her dad is pacing and he starts to get mad and they're just kind of all talking about how hard this is. And then they start then they bring up that this would be illegal in America. And then the other families are sure. I'm like, but this isn't America. And then, Little Nai Nai jumps in and she's like, and Nai Nai did the same thing. 
And they're like, what? And then they talk. And we learn that Nainai lied to her husband who died of cancer and didn't tell him until like his last few weeks when it was like really bad. And at that point, we realized like she's done it. Everyone's doing it. And at that point, I was even like, well, if she's done it, then she knows that she's being lied to. And I don't know. It's just this idea of like, is lying bad? Is there even such thing as a good lie? And I don't know if there's if you have anything there, but that was just more of kind of what we touched on earlier. Yeah, just I guess briefly is the the line where he says, I mean, if it's for good, it's not really a lie. And <laughs> that's that's not true. That's not how morality works. Just because it has a good outcome, like the ends do not justify the means. That is not Christian morality, uh, nor is it really good morality at, at all. We're being co- completely honest, because if you do something evil or wrong to do something good in the end, you're still doing something evil. So, I mean, if if lies are, are truly wrong in, the, in that context, then that line doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, if it's for good, it's not really a lie. That's just, it's not true. And I think Billy standing up for what she's saying is good because she's like, it's still a lie. So, yeah, I think there's something to that as well where they're, she's just standing up for the, the truth of, what a, a lie is, which sounds really weird to say. The truth of what a lie is. Well, wow, yeah, because when we think about it, it's like, why would you lie? And a lie is typically to avoid intentional something. deceit. Or, yeah. Or, okay. Or or to hide something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it's like to avoid confrontation, to avoid hurting that feelings. In this case, to invo- avoid the grandma from being 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 sad for like the last six months of her life um, or having to say goodbye or whatever, but you're avoiding something. And usually when you're doing something for good, you're not trying to avoid or hide anything or like you said, be deceitful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, whether it's really subtle or whether it's really minor in that small way, it's, it's, it's losing its goodness. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Sweet. Great. This next section, I have a much more of a theme too. Okay, so she's talking to her mom, and her mom's kind of just like complaining about Nainai, um, and that's her, that's her mother-in-law. And Billy's like, "You've always had a problem with her." And she's like, "I don't have no problem with her. She has a problem with me." And Billy's like, "She's dying. Can't you be more sensitive?" She's like, "What do you want from me? To scream and to cry like you? You know, when my father died, I was very sad, but I don't act like you." When I went back to China for the funeral, everybody was watching me. They were all expecting me to fall apart. And they think if I don't cry, I don't love my father. No one's asking you to cry, Mom. I don't like to put all my emotions on display like I'm in the zoo. But here, meaning China, if you don't cry, you don't show emotion, you think you don't love your, they think you don't love your family. You know, in here, they even hire some professional criers to show how sad they are. It's just so ridiculous. I hate that. And then it pans immediately to a funeral where there's these two women are like wailing. And for me, it's kind of a stretch, but I like this idea of like how we feel versus how we show how we feel. And I think it's so different, like from person to person. You know, I'm not much of one that really shows my emotions, like, or like when I am sad, it's like, cool and i process very quickly or whatever and i'm very calm or whatever versus other people but another thing is i think we struggle with this idea with our faith 
and with like our, how we encounter God or like adoration where people, some people make a big show of it just to make a big show of it. Or some people get frustrated like the mom is and like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to cry or do you want me to show this thing? Is that how it seems like I have more of this crazy faith life? And like, that's just not true. Like our faith is not in emotion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have more to that. Yeah, yeah. Coming from someone who uh, doesn't typically show emotion, I totally understand this. Yeah, I, I, I think you have a lot to that, especially with the, the whole adoration thing. And I like like the women that were hired to go to the funeral to just cry, right? And that shows how yeah. how fake that, that activity is. So what what is more real or true since we're going on that whole idea of truth versus lies what is more true in that situation is it the person who's lying about feeling sad or is the person who feels sad but just isn't showing it in reality that the mom is actually being more true in that situation she's actually being more real with who she is just because she's not showing how much she's hurting doesn't mean that she's she's not and so i i think that's that's good i think something that we do get mixed up a lot and working with teenagers, this is something I hear all the time, is like, if you don't cry in adoration, it, it almost seems like it's not worth going. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to get at there. And, and that begs the question of why do we even go to adoration? Like, are we going there to try and cry? And if so, what kind of religion is this? Because <laughs> that's pretty messed up. But if we're going there to encounter a person who's, who's Jesus Christ and Sometimes it happens where the beauty of that relationship overwhelms us emotionally. That can be a very beautiful thing. But if we're going there for the sole intention of just crying and relieving some kind of stress, because crying is a, a stress relief, that's that's not what our religion is, you know? And even that's even from Theology of the Body. One of the relationships that is distorted after the fall is our relationship with ourself and our ability to process our, our own emotions and our own reason. One of the consequences of that is that our emotions now dictate our actions more than our reason. And so that's why humans are so impulsive. That's why we're so attracted to sin, because our emotions are what drive us more so than our ability to reason. And part of that theology of the body is helping us to understand ways to use our human reason to control or like kind of put our emotions in check because emotions are not a bad thing but we cannot let them control us like god gave us emotions for 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 a reason to help us experience what is good and what is bad and it helps us reveal what is true and what is wrong which goes along with this whole topic and i think what i was trying to what i was trying what i was kind of getting at was like not thinking you don't have a relationship with Christ if every time you pray you don't feel anything if yeah. it's just dry and then the the latter is also like not just wearing Christian shirts or just doing these things or like posting things on Instagram you know hashtag blessed or whatever just so people know that you are faithful like for me personally I struggle all the time and I I, I haven't come to a conclusion but I struggle with I have one of those chain bracelets for like the Marian consecration. Mm-hmm. And since putting it on, I'm like, I don't know if I want to wear this because I don't want people to think that I'm wearing this so that they know that I went through a Marian consecration. I do mm-hmm. this for myself, but it's like parts where I like, just want to take it off because I don't want people to think otherwise, but I don't want to take it off. And it's just, 
yeah, so not just like investing in things so people can see it for for your faith, but also not just like thinking you don't have a strong foundation because you don't feel anything at all. Yeah, that that makes sense. Where does an anklet? That's what I did. That way, it kind of like is somewhere in between. But yeah. yeah, I when I was doing martial arts, I had to stop wearing it, and I haven't put it back on yet. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And then there's a conversation where, as they're leaving the graveyard, because the reason they showed a funeral is they went to visit her husband, Nainai's husband, and gave him stuff. And as they're leaving, Nainai says, when my time comes, just spread my ashes into the ocean. No one ever comes home anyway. And the sister's like, what are you talking about? I'm here. She's like, just scatter me in the ocean. Then you won't have to travel back and forth all the time. Into the ocean? Nonsense. You don't agree? Certainly not. We're Chinese. Humans must return to the earth where we came from. And one, I liked that because we hear that on Ash Wednesday, you know, from dust you have come and from dust you shall return. But also, it's so interesting that that's like a Chinese thing. Like, it's we're Chinese, so we know we have to return to the earth because that means they know death is like inevitable and they and they like live that culturally. But at the same time, they won't let others experience they're dying. Mm. So it's just like another irony to like, they understand that death comes, but when people are dying, they don't want to talk about it. Right. And then this is my favorite part of the movie. Basically her dad and her uncle are smoking. Her dad supposedly quit smoking and she's like, what are you doing? And they're just up late at night and she finally wants to confront them again. And she's like, are you going to tell Nai Nai? And her dad's like, I can't, Billy. I won't go against my family. And then her uncle steps in and is like, Billy, there are things you must understand. You guys moved to the West long ago. You think one's life belongs to oneself, but that's the difference between the East and the West. In the East, a person's life is a part of a whole, family, society. You want to tell Nai Nai the truth because you're afraid to take responsibility for her because it's too big of a burden. If you tell her, then you don't have to feel guilty. We are not telling Nai Nai because it's our duty to carry this emotional burden for her. Now, there's a lot of things you can disagree with that. Uh, it's kind of an ends just on the means, whatever. But that argument really makes a lot of sense for me. And it's a really interesting perspective on like grief and how to carry one's burden. So like, I don't know, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. Uh, there's like a bunch of stuff in there. I think one thing is the East view on one person being part of a whole. We kind of covered that with like the mystical body and like we as a church believe that too. But also there's this idea of carrying burdens for someone else. Like it's the same thing that Christ did for us in our mistakes. And I don't know, do you have anything to better explain that than I'm trying to? No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't completely agree with the premise of the argument but I see a lot of good in it. So essentially what it's saying is, uh, and, and there is a lot of truth to the whole East versus West mentality there. The the West where we live is typically more self-focused, right? And that's yeah. one of the things that we criticize ourselves over. Whereas the East is typically very other focused or at least community focused. The sa- sacrifice of the, the one for the many, which also can be taken to extremes. So we can see that throughout Oriental history in, in a lot of ways as well, where the the person is sacrificed for the greater good. And I mean, that's also part of the reason why communism kind of took over a little bit in a lot of places over there. And so so extreme of a way. But 
going to the actual premise of this, the idea that through not telling her, they are actually carrying that burden for her so that she does not have to bear that in her last moments. So I think the idea is is really noble and, and I like it. Like you said, that is what we're called to do as Christians. The only thing I disagree with is I don't think that not telling her is bearing that burden for her. I think it's just not letting her know that she's also carrying that burden with them. Uh, so right. it's like they're, they're all walking it, but she doesn't know that she's walking it. So I, I don't agree with that premise, but I agree with like the mentality of bearing that with her. So I think there's some kind of middle ground between the the West where we're so self-focused, where we a lot of times just discard the elderly, right? And we put them in right. nursing homes and never visit them. I think there's something between that and the East where it's all about sacrificing the 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 one for the the many for the group right where there's something in between where we can tell her and we can be there for her once she knows and we can comfort her there and we can stay with her and we can come like walk that journey with her in her last couple weeks or months or whatever yeah that's that's my opinion yeah and it's really good that you i forgot how you said it but the way that you said what not telling her really is is because we don't know that she knows but there are just so many times when she like when she's talking and the way she's talking or the way she's like her facial is it's like you almost want to believe that she does know what's going on that was my guess right from the beginning (laughs) yeah and so it's really interesting that it's like they think they're carrying this burden but the way you said it it's like they don't know that they're just not carrying it together or whatever is yeah so true it's almost just like they're yeah. being they're being selfish in, in a weird sense, but mm-hmm. they're trying to be noble about it. I'm going to skip these next two things, but I'm going to still cover them. These next two quotes are pretty much showing the repercussions of what they're doing. And one is with Billy, where she's telling her mom that when her when her grandfather passed away, her parents didn't tell her. And then they didn't let her go to the funeral because they thought it was better for her not to miss school because, you know, they wanted her to stay in school. But now, like, when she comes to China, he's not there, and it just felt like he just vanished, and everything's gone. When she's like, so when I come back to China, he just wasn't here anymore, and I come back, and he's gone, and the house is gone, and ideas is gone, and our Beijing home is gone, and soon she'll be gone too. And just this idea of change and losing things and and how sometimes knowing and talking about it is necessary which is why I like death dinners and talking about taboo things. But for her, she's like, you didn't tell me because I was a kid and you thought it was better for me not to know about my grandfather dying or not going to the funeral. But I needed to see him, even if it was in a casket, because now it just seems like he disappeared off the face of the earth randomly. And so that's one. The other is they're talking to auntie at the wedding reception and the mom's like, you take care of yourself. You've been taking care of the nanny for forever. And, uh, She's like, don't worry, I have a plan. After this, I'm going to go back to Shenzhen and I'm be with my husband. He's been working alone all these years. It hasn't been easy and I haven't been able to bite you by his side. But when he retires soon, we'll be able to travel together. And he's like, oh, you can visit America. She's like, yeah, definitely. She's like, if you come, we'll drive you around. All these things she's like, great, fantastic. See, don't worry about me. I'm totally fine. But she's like just as old as Nani or Nainai. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. It's just as old as Nainai. She's like... And just because she's saying she's fine, I, watching it, I'm like, I don't even know if you're telling the truth or if you know that you're fine. Like, you could mm-hmm. be dying and you don't know. And right. you're spending the last of these years, like, great, sacrificing 
yourself for her, but also away from your husband. And it's just, these are the, just like I said, these are the repercussions of, of what they're trying to do. Can I throw something in just real quick? Yeah. One of the things that we haven't even touched surprisingly yet is memento mori, which is a huge aspect of our faith, right? So memento mori is like, I guess, a a motto of, of Christianity to remember your death, right? Which seems super morbid and it is, but that's one of the things we're supposed to do as Christians is to remember that we don't know the day or the hour or the time that we're going to die. And so we're supposed to live our life as though it could be our last minute, our last second, you know, uh, and always be ready for the the coming of, of Christ. That means not being attached to worldly things or to sin and stuff like that. And so this idea of not knowing, as much as I hate the concept in reality, like the concept in, in the movie, I guess, in reality, that's, uh, that is what we're called to, right? We're, we're not supposed to know when we're going to die. And so in that context, I think there is something spiritual about that, just not knowing and just always being ready. Yeah. And then the last conversation is Billy and the grandma. And she, Billy says, I don't want to leave. And the grandma's like, you'll be back. I know you're always thinking of me, but I've been taking new medicine and I'm all better. You have work to do. You still have a long road ahead. I'm very proud of you. And Billy says, I didn't get the fellowship, which was this writing thing and this whole time everyone's still waiting to hear back because she has she's never shared we knew from the beginning but she hasn't shared with anybody yet she didn't make it and she's like i didn't get the fellowship i didn't want to tell you because i didn't want you to worry and grandma's like really i'm not worried you'll be fine child i've walked the path of life and i must tell you you'll encounter difficulties but you have to keep an open mind don't be the bull endlessly ramming its horns into the corner of the room Life is not just about what you do. It's more about how you do it. Your mind is very powerful. You will succeed. Then Billy says, are you really okay? She says, yes, really. Why would I lie to you? Stupid child, which is uh, a nickname for her, actually. She calls her stupid child all the time. (laughs) And then um, her mom's like, it's time to leave. And when her mom says that, they both just look at each other and they both sigh like this big sigh and then just kind of like it's almost like they're speaking without speaking mm-hmm. but they're saying goodbye but the, once again so much in that like why would i lie to you they've all been lying to each other so no one worries but then like you're going to encounter difficulties but keep an open mind there's life is not about what you do it's more about how you do it i mean your mind is very powerful you succeed i think like i i love that you what you you said something about what the grandma said or, or, oh when she said about being chinese mm-hmm. and i think that was great because in this part it just seemed like what the grandma was telling her was like words of god to billy of just like don't worry you don't need to like feel like a failure and hide those things like i'm not worried for you you're going to be fine you are wonderful and you're going to face difficulties but keep an open mind and make sure that whatever you do the way you do it is proper like that like like the ends don't justify the means but everything justifies itself yeah i think it's ironic that that line is in there life is not just about what you do it's more about how you do it because that's what we've been talking about that's what they've been doing this whole whole movie you know is is lying for the ends and that's really 
it. I know we're on time, so I won't go into it. There's a song when they're leaving, as they're like driving away, that it was just beautiful. It sounds like a, like a church hymn, and it's called Come Healing by Elena Boynton. If Clint, you could like yeah, link could, that, that would be awesome. For sure. I'll put a link in the, the notes below so you guys can check that out. I'm just looking at the lyrics right now. It literally says him, spirit, cross. So I think this is actually a, a Christian song, I'm, I'm guessing, based off yeah. of. Yeah. It's really beautiful, though. So, I mean, one of my challenges was really to like just sit with that song and listen to it and pray with it. And really, my other challenge was to, and it's going to sound odd, <laughs> but to talk about death with someone mm-hmm. like what do you what do you want at your funeral how do you want things to be handled it's going to be really awkward at first but you'll find the conversation is really interesting and also some some of you might start talking about it and not really know and so one of my challenges is to do that i mentioned death dinners death dinner is a grassroots website if you look up like deathdinner.com where you have dinner like a dinner party. We can't do it right now but unless you want to do it over Zoom. And you do that. They have like, they guide you through the whole thing, give you discussion questions, everything. And you talk about death. And it's it's because not talking about it isn't helpful, like mental health, all these things. When people die, people don't know like what they, they wanted when they died. And for that, people don't know how to like have closure because they're not doing what they think the person wants, etc. So yeah, to listen to the song, sit with it as well as talk about death with someone in a joyous way. Do you have any other challenges? Yeah, I I had a couple. One kind of tagging along with that is obviously we're going through a lot of like really hard times this year and a lot of challenges. And I guess kind of tagging along with that idea of talking about death, just talk about the difficult things and be vulnerable. I feel like I've heard kind of the same phrases repeated for the last six weeks over and over again about how hard things are uh, and stuff like that. And a lot of times they're true, but they're just they're not saying what we actually feel. So find someone that you can talk to this about and just be honest about how you feel and where you are right now in your situation. Maybe that's a spouse or a significant other. Maybe that is a family member. Maybe that's a friend, whoever, but find someone and just talk about how you're doing. And the last thing is to take to prayer that idea that we were talking about with the grandma saying, remember that uh, you're Chinese or whatever the actual quote was, but just take to prayer what it means to be an adopted child of God. Yeah. What, what it means that that will never, ever in all of eternity be taken away from you. You are always going to be his. Uh, so just take that to prayer. And just sit with that. Ask God what that means and just listen to what he, he has to say. So that's my challenge. Do you have any shout outs, Gordon? I do not. Quarantine okay. has been difficult. Yeah, I, I actually have one. I think it's the only one I've had in a while, but I have a shout out for my good friend Lucas Evett, one of my best friends from back in Iowa, I was just talking to him and, and their family the other day over FaceTime, and, and he was talking about how he watched the Onward episode, or listened to the Onward episode after watching Onward like two or three times with their kids. So he loved it. Big fan. Apparently it's good. I still have not seen Onward, and so he's good. going to kill me for saying that. 
So with that, thank you guys so much for joining us on the adventure this week. We really, really appreciate you guys being a part of this, especially in the midst of quarantine when there is a billion other things to do, you are choosing to spend it with us. So thank you so, so much. We hope you guys are staying safe. Know that we are praying for you guys all the time, and we do appreciate you joining us here on the show. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. I noticed uh, Gordon and I have missed uh, posting some of our episodes to social media lately, but if you're subscribed to us, you should be getting them anyways. So make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to. Leave a, a review for us as well so we can be sent out to others. And if you don't follow us on social media, check out Twitter at All the Adventure 2, Facebook, The Christ and Culture, and YouTube, The Christ and Culture. Or if you want to find all that stuff in one place, go to our website, thechristandculture.com. Also, if you want to support us financially, don't. During this time, we're still asking that you guys find people who need it more. Uh, maybe that's the church who most of the parishes are suffering financially uh, because there's not as much tithing happening. So support them or support someone who's lost their job because our country is suffering from a lot of people losing their jobs right now. So support someone like that, support a church instead of giving that money to support us. So we appreciate you guys always. And thank you so much for joining us on the adventure this week. We'll see you next week. Bye.